Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and I have an incredible, incredible guest today. I have Dr. Mita Singh. She's a sleep doctor and consultant for most, most, for multiple professional sports teams here in the United States, as well as the medical director at Henry Ford Sleep Laboratory. This interview is a little different. I am actually interviewing Dr. Singh for the book that I'm writing title to be confirmed and she was in such an incredible guest I asked her beforehand I said hey can we just can we release this as a podcast as well because I got some cool people listening and I'm sure they'd love to hear about this so please enjoy the heck out of this episode with Dr. Mita Singh. Okay, today I have Dr. Mita Singh, sleep doctor and consultant for multiple professional teams, including the recent Washington Nationals, who won the World Series, and my New York Mets. She's also the medical director at the Henry Ford Sleep Laboratory. Dr. Singh, how are you today? Not bad. It's, well, I, you know, in today's world, you know, today being April, middle of April, in which where we have a pandemic, it's, uh, you know, we... I guess all of us, as long as we're healthy, we can say we're good, right? Yes, that is very true. As long as we're healthy, that's the most important thing. And I hope you and your family and your friends and everyone you know is healthy and and we're getting by. And so, Dr. Singh, one question I always really like to start off with whenever I have conversations with people like yourself or really anybody in the sports industry is, I always love to know, why do you love sports so much? So I have to tell you that I grew to love sports you know I, I I've actually because I didn't grow up in this country I really didn't watch or follow American sports very much and and I I began I began to work in sports really by happenstance so I'm a sleep physician so I'm a, I'm a trained psychiatrist and a sleep medicine doctor I work at, I live in Detroit Michigan <clears throat> and because of the um, you know because of the three big um, auto companies here I was doing a lot of work in helping with jet lag and poor sleep with the auto executives, especially when they would travel to Asia or they would have to wake up early in the morning to, or late at night to do these meetings. So I was trying to help them with sleep optimization. <clears throat> and so a few years ago, I heard a interview in which um, uh, <clears throat> there was you know, this so-called sleep expert. And he was talking about what, what help he was giving the local NFL team. And it was complete nonsense. Oh no. It wasn't based on it. He really wasn't a true expert. It was just, you know, complete rubbish. And so I called um, Dr. Michael Workings, who is the team doctor for the, for the NFL, um, the Lions here. And I called him and I said that what, whoever you had, speaking to you guys, you know, that doesn't make sense. But, and he said, and he turned around and said, well, why don't you come and give us a talk then? And so, you know, and at that time, the head athletic trainer was, his name was Dean Kleinschmidt and Dean Kleinschmidt and Dr. Workings, they invited me to come give them a talk. And I remember, you know, I put together a talk and I went and uh, told them and 
you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced that is it's when, you know, when you, when you were, uh, the more you learn, the, the more you realize how less you used to know. Mm-hmm. And, and really, I was really brand new to sports. I really didn't know, especially American football. I didn't know that at all. And so I, I kind of learned more about the schedule, the game, um, you know, what their daily routine is uh, so that I could give them uh, sports specific sleep advice. And that, you know, really came uh, over time. And, and really, so, you know, going back to that question that we, you know, we were talking about before you even, we began recording this, you know, how does anybody get into any uh, to do something in sports usually typically people love it or you fall into it by accident and the first step i think is the most difficult because because this is such you know there's such sports is such a big institution and you know that there are a lot of gatekeepers and not very many people are allowed to enter but if you have people like dr workings and uh, you know dean kleinschmidt you know, they can, that's the kind of gatekeeper who allows you to have that first chance. And then of course, if you do your work really well, then it can only grow. And so that's how I started. And then, you know, Dr. Workings also worked with the local um, major league baseball team. And so I started working there and then I got, I I came and I spoke at the MIT Sloan Mm -hmm. uh, analytic conference. And when I was there, there was, um, there was a, somebody from uh, the Major League Baseball um, League offices was there. And then he invited me come, to come speak at uh, the winter meetings. And then I, literally over that one or two year period, you know, I would go speak at one meeting and I would meet other people and they would ask me to come speak at another meeting. So I think I spoke at the MIT Sloan Conference, the NFL Combine. I spoke at the NBA uh, um, to the uh, athletic trainers and I spoke at the NHL annual meetings and I, you know, wherever I went. So, and, and slowly, of course, because people within sports will often move around. And so mm-hmm. if you do good work, then they ask you to come work with other companies and, you know, other teams. And that's how my work started. And I, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, the one thing that I love is you pretty much just said yes to all these opportunities, Yes, right? You called up that gentleman and you said, whoever this guy you're talking to, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right. Go yeah, ahead. Keep, keep going. No, please. This is, yeah. They're here so, to listen to you. I, so I, you're absolutely right. So, I, you know, it, when I, because a lot of people will say that, did I think I would be doing this 15 years ago? Not at all. It didn't, it wasn't even on my radar. You know, I was just a, uh, I, I knew. So, so when I started, you know, I did, I did uh, my, my residency, then I did my fellowship. And I started working and, uh, you know, right around that time, I also got married. I had my first child. And then when I was doing my, my uh, fellow, immediately after my fellowship, when I started working as a sleep doctor, I fell pregnant and I discovered I was going to have twins. And so I did what, you know, what very many women have to do. Your career sort of takes a backseat because you have to, you have to raise kids. And even, you know, for me, that backseat meant that I, so I still continued working four days a week in which I was working in clinic and I was seeing 
patients, but I always had this idea of how, you know, how to help sleep so that it helped people function better the next day. So not, you know, not just taking care of their sleep disorders or diagnosing and treating problems. And, and because I lived in Detroit, it seemed like the natural thing to do. And then of course, yes, you're right. I mean, you know, my life would have been different if I hadn't made that phone call. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you know, once I, once I and I'm, I'm, I'm going to just give you an example here. And I, I tell this story very often because uh, a few, you know, when I started working with the Detroit Lions, you know, I would come give a talk. Um, and, and, and then once I was sitting in, in the cafeteria and somebody asked me a question and I came home and I told my husband, I think this was the second or third time I'd been there. And my husband, he's, he's born and raised in Detroit. So he's a diehard Detroit Lions fan. And so he thought that what I was doing was very cool. And I told him, I was like, you know, somebody asked me a question and he said, what's his name? And I said, oh, it was somebody called Matthew Stafford. He's one of the players. And he said, oh, you know, that's the quarterback. And I remember I asked him, I said, what's a quarterback? And he said, hold on, you've got to learn more about, you can't just go back and say, what's a quarterback? So he sort of, you know, taught me how to, you know, a little bit about the sport because I knew sleep quite well. I just didn't know the sport. But then, and, and, and so, you know, when I started to me, if I was speaking to a Calvin Johnson or if I was speaking to Golden Tate or, you know, anybody, you know, or Justin B. Lander in Major League Baseball or any of the big players, to me, they were just, you know, these were not recognizable uh, people. And, and so, so that's number one. Number two is that although, you know, although it sounds um, you know, my, it, it sounds like it's a fairy tale because it's, it did work out really well and I've grown my work, but it, it took a lot of hard work, you know, because I had to sort of learn things that I hadn't b- be comfortable in things, in things that I hadn't done before, learn more about sports. I remember the first time before I, I drove down to uh, the ballpark here, the, to the clubhouse to speak, um, to the MLB team, you know, I watch YouTube videos to learn about what baseball is because that's not a sport I, I grew up playing. And so to learn a little bit about it and, 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 and throughout this journey, you know, strong relationships and strong allies really help. And so, you know, firstly, you have to be comfortable in putting yourself in uncomfortable situations you know, agreeing to say, speak on a podcast, you know, and I, uh, you know, agree to put yourself in a spotlight because, you know, even as a woman and a female physician, you don't want to always talk about your work. But then if you don't talk about your work, you know, because work is not in a vacuum, you really have to talk about it. You do have to tell people, you know, uh, about your successes or about the kind of work or the kind of services your you know your science uh, uh, your science background can provide so yeah that was that was kind of cool it was it was interesting and i was uh, you know it was it was good Uh, it started as happenstance but then i somehow always met the right people and got um allied with you know my my uh, strong allies who you know were not just 
rooting for me or helping me out or showing me the way, but also were giving me feedback that mattered. You know, and I, I, I always tell this story because um, I was recently, actually, so last November, I was in New York City and I was speaking at uh, a major league baseball symposium that is arranged by the Yankees. Um, and, and one of the athletic trainers said that when I was giving the lecture, he found it, you know, he found it very relatable. It was easy for the players to understand. And so I, and I, I was telling him that the, one of the reasons for that is because another athletic trainer early in my career told me, gave me feedback about that and said, look, I know, I understand you're a doctor. I understand you're a scientist, but, but, but whatever you say and however you say it, unless it's easy for the player to understand, and it, unless the player and the other team members buy into it, it doesn't really matter how smart you are. And so, you know, so, so allies who support you, but also give you honest feedback. And so you have to be able to take that feedback and even work on yourself to get where you're, where you, you want to go. Absolutely. Utilizing that feedback, I think is extremely important. Um, you yes. know, in, in everyday life, you should always be asking for feedback. And, you know, as, mm -hmm. as our good friend, David Meltzer says, like some people are going to give you really great advice and some people are giving you advice because they love you and it might not be the best possible advice. So, you know, with, with understanding that, how did you go about, you know, I think it's really interesting how you, you know, you're, you're telling me all these names, Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, uh, you know, Justin Verlander, and, and it probably helped almost being kind of naive to the situation and who they are, because as you said, they're just, they're just other people. But when it came to the sports specifically, you know, mm -hmm. outside of actually having to learn the sports and exactly what they are, how did you apply your, your current expertise and knowledge on sleep to how those sports are different and what their bodies go through and what their travel schedules are like? And how did you kind of understand that side of what you needed to do? So, so, you know, I, I, the way to answer that question is to turn it around and and because that's how I what I did you know I wanted to learn about the sport a little bit so I could relate to the players relate to the athletes but but knowing what they go through on a day-to-day -day basis is really essential for me to come up with solutions otherwise I'm just giving them you know advice which is based on books Mm -hmm. And that's, that's completely, um, you know, that's, that's not worth the papers written on. You really have to, that the advice has to be. So, so although since we are all human beings and most for, and, and even though there is some variability in our sleep need, but for most of us, we, we sort of know, you know, what happens if you don't get enough sleep? What are the effects on you? How it affects you, uh, and how you can make up for it, etc. However, you know it's different for a an outfielder who has to stand there in for three hours, and is not very active, and and how they have to keep themselves active if they did if they got less sleep versus a basketball player who is you know as soon as they step on the field, you know on the court they're really really active, and so that sort of helps them. Also, um, you know, the, 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 so, so, so the issues that happen in a, in, um, 
uh, any any uh, any sport is as follows you know either because of their lifestyle because of their training schedule their game schedule because of the they lead very busy lives and they don't know how to fit sleep into it or because of their travel they can get jet lagged and you know they often you know they may have difficulty sleeping in a strange environment because they have to sleep in a hotel room um, so that can happen or they can have issues in which they can't unwind so you know they may be they may have performance anxiety about their sport you know athletes have anxiety sometimes not because of because of expectations that their coaches are, you know the audience puts on them and they they may not learn how to unwind they may not re, you know know how to be able to sleep especially because of of the um, you know immediately it may be different before a game the night before the game it may be different the night after the game it may be different depending on if they're winning or if they're losing you know it may be different if if they feel that they they may be cut it may be different you know so the pressures are always different and you want to understand this because um and because that is what how your advice would be different from you know any advice because uh, there are lots of sleep um, you know experts out there who who may know their subjects but may not know the field as well and really and how long yes oh, sorry so and and you know you unless you unless you work closely in that field you really don't know what the ins and outs are absolutely and how long did it take you to learn all those ins and outs especially in all these sports again just being brand new to you i i have to say that i am still learning you know you're always still learning you know if you work with one nfl team you really know the schedule of most nfl teams if you work with one nba team you do know you know so it if you know if you work with one major league soccer you know you you know i for example i just started working with some lpga and you know some swimmers etc so once you once you worked with one person you sort of know because they typically whether it's individual team or it's um uh, you know an individual sport they always they have the same schedule they have the same tournaments they have the same sort of routine that but but human being you know when when it comes to uh individuals remember human beings you know there's there's this uh the saying that all good sleepers are alike but all poor sleepers sleep poorly in their own way and that you can get to know only when you talk to somebody you know on a one to one basis that's that's awesome and and you know clearly your expertise is is far and wide as as i said in the beginning you um at least it sounds like you're working with many different pro sports teams here in america it sounds like you're working with many different athletes and as you said you know if you talk, told yourself this 15 years ago it doesn't quite seem like it would have uh you know gotten this far right uh, which i think is incredible you know and congratulations and and so a couple more questions on the sports aspect of it what are some of the biggest improvements you've seen in teams or in individuals that you know you could tell right away you you changed or made a very big impact in the way this team will potentially perform throughout the season well so first of all i have to tell you that that when i'm working with a any team my focus is always educating them because because 
sleep is a very personal, it's a deeply personal, private thing that people do on their own time. You have to give them, you have to make those educational sessions interactive, uh, interesting, easy to understand. You know, so, and you have to give them the how-to tools because they are going to make those behavioral changes. They're going to do sleep on their own time, right? So, so in my philosophy, when I'm working with teams is to come in with education, but then as the season progresses, um, make sure that you give them behavioral, you know, cues or schedule cues so that the information is, you know, it's easy to understand, it's easy to follow. And th so that they, they're never sort of, there's always course correction going on. So I, do you want two examples? Uh, Absolutely. Of, okay. So, you know, I, I do have a, um, uh, two recent examples. I, mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm honored to contribute to many teams that I work with, but two recent examples, um, actually I, I'll talk about three. The first of course is, um, I work for the NFL saints and you know, they, um, every, uh, th that one year when they, they, they used to do really, really badly in the mid afternoon games, especially if they were traveling or when they were traveling to London to play their games. And so the, the first year when they, they asked me to come work with them, it was because I used to work with uh, coach Joe Lombardi. When he was working with the Detroit Lions, he got, you know, he got, uh, he left the Lions and got moved to the Saints and started working there. And he asked me to come help them. And so I started working with coach Peyton and the team there. And when they went to uh, the the when they went to the London game, uh, they beat whoever they were playing. I've forgotten who their opponent, but twenty to one to zero. And so they sent me a great a game ball with my name on it. So that was pretty. That was kind of neat. Um, you know, and every year they do send me a, a game ball with depending you know depending on whichever game they think that I've helped with. Uh, and as you know, I I worked. I was so honored to work with the. Um, the Washington Nationals last year. And um, that was pretty amazing because they went to the, and you know, that was a team that won uh, most of its away games. Mm -hmm. And so I would, um, when I was working with them, um, I worked really closely with their performance coach and medical director. His name is Harvey uh, Sharman. And he's a really smart guy who's got a lot of experience working with soccer teams back in England before he came here. And, you know, he and I came up with a plan and I was explaining, uh, he and, and the, the, the skipper of the team, um, the general, uh, the captain of the team, the, the general manager. And so uh, right at the very beginning, because Major League Baseball is such a long season, they asked me to every two, three weeks to draw out a schedule of what time they, I mean, literally when they would sleep, when they would nap, what they should be doing with their schedule, what time they should be eating meals, et cetera. And I would send it to them on a regular monthly basis and, you know, on a weekly basis in their postseason. And I don't know if you know, but they, they won all their away games. Uh, and they would, you know, so for example, I think it was game five. Uh, they lost that game. Uh, the Astros, they immediately boarded a flight and went back to Houston while the Washington Nationals spent the night here, you know, spent, got a full night of sleep, got up in the afternoon and then flew the next day. And, you know, small things like that make a big difference.
Absolutely. I, I can't, I'm terrible at flying. I, even right. if I stay on the East coast, I still get tired. Like it's just the stress right. of flying too. Right. Now right. I'm sure these athletes, they're a little more used to the aspect of flying, but still moving from time zone to time zone, you know, even as you said, you know, flying to London, it's just got, you know, it just wreaks havoc on your body and your brain. Right. So, you know, one thing, so we've spoken a lot about the sports and I sincerely appreciate that. And we only have a couple minutes left. Now I think we're doing the conversation a little backwards, but what was it that, what are you so interested about in, in sleep that made you want to build an entire career around it? Well, so, so think about it, Michael, we spend a third of our life sleeping, one third of our life sleeping, right? And so if you think about it, you know, while you're asleep, you're not responding to the environment. You are absolutely not doing anything. You are vulnerable. So if there are any predators or, you know, if there was any danger, you'd be completely vulnerable. So if, if sleep was not serving a absolutely essential function, you, it, you would totally, it would totally be, you know, a, a horrible effect. A colossal waste of time, huge mistake on the part of evolution. The thing is that because you spend only a third of your life sleeping, tweaking it even slightly can make a huge difference to your day the next day. And, you know, I find that so rewarding because sometimes speaking with somebody and making just a few minor changes can really make a big, huge difference to the way that they feel throughout the day. And I think that that's what keeps me going. I love it. It's so true. You know, there's certain nights where you get eight hours and you feel like crap the next day. And there's certain nights where you get six hours and I feel like a million bucks. So I will, uh, I'll lean on you for all that, Dr. Singh. And then the last question I have for you, and again, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time. It seems like you rose to the top of your profession, or at least, you know, you gained an extreme expertise. You were then able to kind of parallel, take a lateral over to sports where you now you have this expertise and you're able to help all these athletes. What is the mindset that you've utilized throughout your entire career to make sure you're always reaching to the top and you're always doing the best and the absolute most that you can? Well, you know, I I think the only way that you can survive in today's world is by trying to control what you can control. And the only thing I can control is my behavior on a daily basis, you know? So if I, so I try to structure my day and I try to, you know, to put in some amount of uh, learning, I'm always trying to learn something new and I'm always trying to simplify the things that I'm an expert in. Because if you can boil down complexity to its most simple level, you know, then you know you've truly mastered something. And I've been actually, I've been, I've been lucky. I've been, I've been working with um, a few entertainers, especially, uh, you know, when they traveled for, for concerts, etc. So it's, it's, it's limitless where this can take you. You know, it can take you any, any, in any direction where, where you think that it would be possible. I love it. Dr. Singh, this was absolutely incredible. Dr. Mita Singh, sleep doctor and consultant for, it, it almost sounds like every professional sports team with all the ones that you've been able to tell us about, but multiple professional sports team, medical director at the Henry Ford Sleep Laboratory. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. 
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode with Dr. Mita Singh. As I said, it's just so interesting. Just some of the the names she was dropping, which was fantastic, and the people that she's been able to help, and importantly, how she's able to help them. I, I love her stories on how she got into sports. I think that's one of the most important things that I will take away is, I guess, you can fall in love with them at some point, too. So, Thank you so much to Dr. Mita Singh. Please make sure to follow her on all of her socials. Everything will be in the show notes. And please also make sure to give us a five-star review, especially if you're listening on Apple and iTunes. So thank you all so much. I appreciate your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me some of yours. And I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes.